The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Sustainability from Within with your host, Sibeli Salviato. If you've ever asked yourself questions about how to bring about real change in your world and the world of those around you, you're going to love what we have in store for you today and every week. You can empower yourself to be that change agent. Now, here is Savelli Salviato. So, hello everybody. This is Sibeli from Sustainability from Within. And uh, the episode today is a very interesting and well, I'm so honored to offer that to you, we have two incredible guests. Uh, we have Susan and Pamela Tezenga. They are mother and daughter, and they have the most amazing story to share with us today. It's a story of um, a journey into addiction, uh, into the darkness, and a com- very unusual and beautiful coming back. Um, so I hope you enjoy, and I don't want to talk too much, not to spoil anything. So welcome, Pamela and Susan, um, how are you doing today? Good. It's good to be here. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for being here. It's such an honor to have you. So I would like to to start maybe with Susan. So um, you can explain a little bit, um, you know, your story is in a book now and you are the mother. And um, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, who you are, and um, how, you know, how was it for you to live this story? Okay, thank you, Sibeli. I was a teacher of spirituality and a psychotherapist for almost 30 years when I met the challenge that was the greatest spiritual and emotional challenge of my life, which was having a a daughter who was drawn into serious, extreme, actually, drug addiction, uh, and to follow that journey with her and to find the right way to mother an an addicted child was a tremendous uh, challenge and also the greatest growth of my life. Mm. So we have together written our story in a book called Love Unbroken, mm-hmm. uh, From Addiction to Redemption. It is mostly my writing, but I guess uh, uh, also quite a bit of Pam's writing so that the reader gets an inside view from Pam's eyes of what it's like to succumb to addiction, what it's like to have that terrible disease, and from my point of view, what it's like to be the parent of an addict. And it is you know, as I said, a very challenging and painful road, and there's a lot one has to learn, including unlearning some of the instinctual things that parents always want to do for their children, mm-hmm. rescue them and save them from pain and so on, and it turns out those are actually not very helpful things to do for an addict. Mm-hmm. There's good material in this book for anyone who has addiction in their family. Uh, there's, it's also a, 
good book for anybody who has faced heartbreak because the another great message of the book is that the only way to heal from heartbreak is to feel it, is to mm-hmm. go and in fact, the title of the book, Love Unbroken, is taken from a quote by a spiritual teacher named Gangaji, who says, uh, you know, meeting whatever life brings you can be heartbreaking, but let the heart break, for your breaking heart will only reveal a core of love unbroken. Mm-hmm. So that's the essence of the journey, is that we meet what life brings us fully, without flinching, without trying to run away from the pain, we meet it, we go through the pain, and then something reveals itself, which is deeper than the story of the person's heartbreak, something more profound and more fundamental to who we are, which is an unbroken love, the unbroken love of God, which is not only who we are. That's so beautiful, Susan. And, and that's exactly the connection with sustainability from within. I know that sometimes people can be asking, you know, what, what, it ha- what does that have to do with sustainability from within? Because people, sometimes we have a, a short vision of what it is. And exactly this point of going through the pain and discover, um, you know, the biggest, the larger what we are is the point. So, um, so, so Pam, um, I would like you to introduce yourself as well. You know, I, I just want to say that I have um, profound ad- admiration for you. You know, you have such a courage. You throw yourself into life and you, you know, you didn't deny any kind of experience, even the, you know, worst ones that you could have. So from that point, I would like you to introduce yourself and say who you are and how you are doing nowadays. Okay. Hi. Thank you, Sebastian. Well, I'm Pam, and I am, um, these days I'm doing quite quite well. <laughs> uh, I guess just more along the lines of, um, you know, from following up what mom was talking about, you know, from my point of view, uh, I think the, uh, one of the biggest things for me in going through this journey of addiction that I've been through uh, was very early on, I think I realized, like, this was my path. For whatever reason, it was my path, and I had to do it. Um, and that, you know, was just one thing that I would really encourage anyone to look into is, you know, this is, we are all on a path. And whatever pain and difficulty, uh, you know, like mom said, uh, fighting that is is just not the way to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, to, you know, now I'm, I've made it through the other side and uh, of the, you know, extreme addiction part and... Uh, but definitely there's life lessons every day happening for me still, Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) but it's, it's been a, an amazing journey. And now I look back on everything and, and I see that amazing, you know, amazement of, of what I've been through, um, which is, and, and, you know, God willing this, uh, uh, sharing it can help, you know, Mm -hmm. people go through what they're going through at the moment, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's beautiful, you know, that when you say this was my path, the level of acceptance that I notice in your voice, you know, it's ah, goosebumps for me. It's really beautiful. <laughs> Thank you for that. Um, also, I want to say uh, for the people that are listening, if you want to go, uh, if you didn't read the book yet, you can go to loveandbroken.org. And you have a little bit more about Susan and Pam and about how to buy the book. The book is also in uh, Amazon, so 
you know, I really uh, recommend it's I read I read the book in less than four days. I could not stop it. Um, and you know, without spoiling it, um, I would like to know if you would be willing to to share a little bit of that journey. You know, uh, um, the the highlights or some things that you would like to share about it um, with the audience. Well, one thing to know that Pam had a was adopted and had a extremely horrendous first year of life. She was adopted when she was a year old. And this is very common. The uh, a lot of research shows that, that maybe the, the single most common denominator for addicts is a traumatic childhood uh, or early, early beginning. Mm-hmm. Also sexual abuse, which she also suffered, mm-hmm. uh, is, is often uh, part of an addict's history. And so a lot of what the the drugs are doing is a kind of self-medicating to try to take away the emotional pain or tolerate the emotional swings, the bipolar, uh, that's often an underlying diagnosis or some other psychiatric diagnosis is often present as well. Mm-hmm. So to understand that and have compassion for the origins is very important for people. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's amazing to me still how often I hear, um, you know, they were just babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were just babies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I can't really stress enough to, to anyone listening um, or anybody really how crucial that first year of life is mm-hmm. uh, for one, for a child's growth. And I think nowadays people are really starting to get that but um i don't not everyone gets it for sure mm-hmm. um and that that my life was um what sort of set the base you know for for everything mm-hmm. <laughs> so um you know i wasn't just a baby you know mm-hmm. I was a human being on this planet trying to come to the planet and if you know there wasn't really somewhere for me to come to so mm-hmm. i never really landed mm-hmm. yeah wow yeah and saying this, I don't. I also want to make clear that addiction can hit anyone. Adopted, un, you know, mm-hmm. trauma, no trauma. I know apparent trauma. I mean, I read stories all the time of kids who are apparently very successful suburban kids, straight A's, and they they fall into addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is still quite a bit of research showing that if there if there's a powerful bond. To the within the family and a powerful connection, it's much less likely to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, it, it is not a respecter of. It's not just poor people. It's not just uh, trauma, traumatized people. It's it's a it's a really mm-hmm. c- certain people have a genetic predisposition. We don't know why, mm-hmm. uh, but like cancer, it, it is a disease. I mean, our understanding anyway. It's a helpful understanding to see addiction as a disease. It's more than that. It's a spiritual condition and so on. But it is not something that the addict wants. Nobody wants to be an addict. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Um, but- it's that you have to ex- accept, but it's not nobody wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. So what what would you say, Pam, when you say that this was my path, it had to be like that or something like that with this acceptance? What is behind it? What did you learn from that? Well, I think 
I, you know, I don't really know. I just remember when I was young uh, and even before I started actively using, there was some, there was always, I always had something going on within myself that was uh, painful. And uh, my, I was very emotional. I felt things very deeply and I didn't understand it. And it was very chaotic. My mind was very chaotic. And, um, and I think at some point I, you know, I tried to fight it and I was, I need to be normal. Why am I like this? Why do I have these feelings and problems and all this stuff happening? And I think at some point I was like, you know, this is just how it's going to be. And, um, once I did that, it was like things were still crazy and life was still very difficult, but it, um, wasn't as bad. Mm -hmm. It was bearable, Mm -hmm. you know, um, how did it become bearable? Um, uh, <laughs> well, I just, I was able to live and I was able to keep going and I was not going to kill myself. And, um, and I had happy moments and, uh, I could connect with people and, you know, during my journey, even, you know, my whole, throughout my life, um, I connected, people liked me, you know, mm-hmm. and I didn't, I didn't, uh, uh, know why really, but there was something that, came alive in me with my heart and who I was that um, pe- other people could see, mm-hmm. you know, and, these, and this, that heart connection um, helped me through so many times, you know, being yeah. able to connect with another person will save an addict, mm-hmm. you know, that's right. it will save an addict. Yeah. And um, that's, I mean, it's just crucial for, for an addict to be able to feel that connection. So many people I knew, they just go completely numb. You know, mm-hmm. the drugs, and they, they want to completely numb themselves, um, and uh, they lose the ability to connect. You know, throughout my travels, you know, with my addiction, um, you know, around everywhere I went, uh, you know, there was only select few people that stick in my mind that I connected with that still had that ability to connect, you I know? See. Um, I see, I see. I would say that one of the most remarkable things about Pam is that her heart remained open. Mm-hmm. I mean, here in the, the the depths of degradation to which she eventually sank, and I mean, at, at one point she was living under a bridge in San Francisco, eating out of dumpsters, mm-hmm. uh, camping out in homeless shelters. I mean, in a, in a makeshift shelters in a in a, in a park homeless in, camp. In a, in a, yeah homeless camp in San Diego, so on and so forth. Uh, Throughout that, there was a compassion that stayed open in her, a willingness to see people as humans and as, you know, not a, a, she didn't discard anybody from her heart. Mm -hmm. And this is really remarkable. And I don't, I don't know all that, what we can say that accounts for that, but it was a, a, it's it's something that you you get in when you read the book that mm-hmm. here is a woman who went kind of traveled into hell mm-hmm. but kept her heart open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there are some passages, I guess, Pam, uh, that you you talk about the people that you know sometimes you had you lost you lost contact and you didn't know what happened to them because they were um, doing bad and we can feel in the book how you worried about them and, and that open heart. Your mom is saying it's really beautiful, really, really beautiful. <clears throat> so we're going to go for a break in one minute or so. Um, uh, and uh, maybe, you know, next block we can explore a little bit um, 
these two things that you talk about um, in this blog, which is you, you start saying, uh, Susan, how uh, you have to unlearn things uh, as a parent to be more effective in, in your connection with Pam. Um, and also Pam says, you know, very strongly that connection save an addiction. This was a very um, strong um, affirm, affirmation and beautiful. And maybe we can discuss a little bit in that next block. Um, so when we come back to finish this block, maybe you can um, talk a little bit about your blog and, it's, and how people can reach you. You know, if they need to know more, if they need some advice from you, if they can do that, how, you know, how, they, how people can reach you. There's a contact page on the website loveunbroken.org at the end of it, which anybody can write to me what they need to write to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I do have a blog there of various uh, things. They're not all connected directly to the book, but but uh, certainly anybody's welcome to, mm -hmm. to, to that, that as well. The most important thing on that site, however, is something called Advice to Parents. And even if you're not a parent, brother or sister or somebody connected to an alcoholic, uh, it's, it's very helpful advice. I just made it this morning because I sent it on to somebody. And mm -hmm. uh, it's free. Just go to www.loveunbroken.org, advice to parents. And it gives really the summary of everything I learned. Mm -hmm. uh, and, it, it, and I can promise you, well, while no one can promise that your addict will recover, mm -hmm. I can promise that you, as the, the parent or relative of the addict, will get better if you do what mm -hmm. I suggest in that, in that write-up there. Mm -hmm. Wow. Thank you very much for that, Susan. That's, that's fantastic. That's a beautiful service that you offer, definitely. So we are going for a break, uh, this two minutes break, and we're going to come back with Susan and Pamela. Don't miss the, you know, the next blocks because it's going to be even more excited. exciting. I mean, <laughs> So keep tuned and we meet soon. Bye-bye. As a Pathwork helper and a professional integral coach, Sibeli will help deepen your knowledge about yourself and support you in your journey toward self-acceptance and self-love. She does this by exploring and applying the teachings of the Pathwork Guide, a profound philosophy based on self-responsibility and truthfulness, and framing it into the broad and inspiring integral theory from Ken Wilber. Visit SibeliSalviato.com to find out more. Your first consultation is free of charge. That's SibeliSalviato.com. As a Pathwork helper and a professional integral coach, Sibeli will help deepen your knowledge about yourself and support you in your journey toward self-acceptance and self-love. She does this by exploring and applying the teachings of the Pathwork Guide, a profound philosophy based on self-responsibility and truthfulness, and framing it into the broad and inspiring integral theory from Ken Wilber. Visit SibeliSalviato.com to find out more. Your first consultation is free of charge. That's C-I-B-E-L-E-S-A-L-V-I-A-T-T-O dot com. You are listening to Sustainability from Within with Sibeli Salviato. 
To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, Sibeli can be reached at Salviato at me.com. Now, back to Sustainability from Within. And we are back to sustainability from within. Today we have Susan and Pamela Tesenga uh, talking about their amazing book, Love Unbroken, which is a true story of their journey into deep addiction, actually the deep addiction of Pam, the daughter. And um, we've been discussing who they are in the first block and, you know, the main things about their journey. And in this block, we're going to talk a little bit about how they came up out together from from the darkness um so i'll give the voice for you susan and pam um we discussed that maybe you would like to share a little bit about as a, a mother as a parent uh what what is that that you had to unlearn and what is that that you learned that was successful in your journey with pam and uh also pamela's perspective on that Well, I mentioned earlier that there is an instinctive impulse in parents to rescue and take care of their children, naturally. That's the, the main job, especially for with young children. But once the child is a teenager, and if they're abusing drugs, a teenager or adult over 18, uh, something else has to happen as well, which is in addition to offering help as certainly as much as you can, there needs to be a willingness to not let the the addictive behavior become abusive to the parents mm-hmm. or anyone else in the family because if the and and you have to remember that the addicts uh, in when they're in the grips of addiction, there is only one thing that matters getting the next drugs mm-hmm. it's a very simple life, really. You don't have to figure out your long-term plan for life because you've only got one goal, which is where where your next drug is coming from. So everything else is way below that second. So if your next drugs can come from stealing money from your parents, so be it. You know, uh, everything else gets put aside. So on the other hand, however, there is a deeper place where once if stealing happens or lying or whatever uh, in order to get your drugs, that behavior, that negative behavior toward the parents and other members of the family creates guilt, creates real guilt. Mm -hmm. And if you uh, uh, tolerate the behavior, it only adds to the guilt of the addict. And how are they going to take care of their terrible feeling of guilt? They're going to use more drugs. Oh, I see. So what you don't, want to do is to let them act out to such an extent that you lose the loving connection because it also sours the, the, the relationship if they are behaving badly. Mm-hmm. This, so, this sounds like a very tricky thing to me, you know, because on, on the one side you, were, you want to maintain the connection, the loving connection, and the other side you were saying that you have to put some boundaries and limitations on their behavior. How did you do that? Well, <laughs> in some ways Pam may it easy because she left. She just uh, she she. I, I, we made it clear that she could not live in our house while she was using, mm-hmm. and 
And, you know, at various times we set up other places for her to be. But in all the cases where she was, for example, in a spiritual community that we uh, was was doing work that we approved of and thought was helping her a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the minute she started to use, she went to the streets. She didn't she didn't try to stay in a in a situation where she would be uh, abusing ab- people. Abusing right? people. Mm-hmm. She didn't do it. So, well, I mean, she abused, abused other addicts on the street. I suppose yeah. <laughs> that was a mutual uh, <laughs> using. Anyway, it, it yeah, I would be hard. I know it's a hardest thing a parent ever does is to have a child have to leave the house. But I was very affected once by one in one Al-Anon meeting where a man who was there who had been a, also been a heroin addict but was now an Al-Anon, which is a, uh, an, an anonymous, free you know, association of families and friends of addicts and alcoholics, very helpful group for families to belong to. Anyway, he said to me that the thing that ever got through to him was when his mother threw him out of the house. Wow. And that made him realize that, oh, my God, I have a problem here. You know, because you have to remember that denial and minimizing is part of the disease, and not just for the addict, for the family. So you have to, something has to happen that breaks through that denial. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm fine, this is working for me, and then it gets, you know, but if you rescue them from from the consequences of their behavior, then they never get the full consequences of what it is to be an addict. Mm-hmm. And only when those consequences are fully felt can there be a situation where the pain of using becomes greater than the pain of not using. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's a key formula mm-hmm. because it's very painful to stop using. Mm-hmm. It's painful because you have to face the pain of the guilt mm-hmm. of what you've done to other people and yourself. And you have to face the pain of the underlying emotional issues that you were trying to numb in the first place. Mm-hmm. So you don't, you, it, it has to be more painful to use than to not use. And that's not a, that doesn't happen right away because there's a lot of payoff. I mean, Pam used to say use, using heroin was the greatest feeling she ever had. Mm-hmm. It's, it's no joke. It's, it's a great feeling to be mm-hmm. completely free of pain. Mm-hmm. You know, pain free? Who wouldn't want that? Yeah. But, <laughs> Uh, it, it turns out you can't stay pain-free with heroin because you come down, you have to use again, you have to use more, mm-hmm. you have to do terrible things to get your drugs, you have to you end up homeless, et cetera, et cetera, or you end up with other consequences, maybe not so severe. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's what I meant, one of the things you have to unlearn. But yes, it was a, it was a tricky thing between us, and I would say honestly that one of my big rescue efforts uh, was one that that actually helped us to bond because as an adopted child, she had a, a attachment or a bonding issues and we were not well bonded when she was a child. Mm-hmm. But when I went out to, uh, in the book is Omaha, Nebraska, to rescue her from being on the streets there mm-hmm. uh, I th- and then brought her back to a spiritual community, that, that was a moment when we bonded. She knew I really would go way, way, way out of my way to help her. Mm-hmm. But uh, help me in a way that was not like buying drugs for me. I see. You know, I mean, she, it was hard. I, I hated her at that moment when she came and did that. You know, she came, she came there and she lied to me and she, you know, had me thrown in a van and <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> taken to a hospital, you know? And at the time I was like, I was so angry about the whole thing, mm-hmm. but that, to me, that's love. Mm-hmm. 
buying me, if she had been buying me drugs during my addiction, I would have been like, she must really not love me. Mm-hmm. You know, so it sort of baffles me the whole parents. I mean, I, you know, I, I see it. I've seen it before, but yeah. it does baffle me. You know, the, 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 the message, you know, to parents like real, not that parents that buy drugs for their kids don't love them, but, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a lot more love if you're making them angry, then that's probably a good thing. You're yeah. probably doing the right thing. <laughs> yeah. So one of the, one of the phrases, another catchphrase that, that helped me was when bad things happen to addicts, it's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a of course, too simple-minded, but, you know, when you lose your job or lose your marriage or lose your kids or it's like something has to happen to wake you up mm-hmm. that this is not working. This is not a solution. It's a problem. Mm-hmm. So, you, so know, you know, what I get, what I get serious about, about that, that is, is because, you know, the phrase of connection have saved, saved an addiction, uh, which is a strong affirmation, as I said before. And then you said, you know, I was really hating her at that moment. So it seems to me that you were hating her at the same time feeling the connection. Mm-hmm. I would like to know your experience about that, Pam. How was that for you? you know, how did you feel the connection even uh, when your mom was really being tough? Hmm. Well, again, when I was younger, I think uh, some of my other things from my history, uh, which I think we'll talk about later, uh, were that gave me the ability to keep my heart open even in that pain and anger and um uh help me with that uh you know at the time i don't i don't I, thinking back at that moment i don't remember feeling super connected but it just took me a little while you know of being in the hospital to come back uh you know once the drugs clear out a little bit then the connection comes back stronger um you know than 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 it would uh, if I didn't have it at all, you know, mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. I see. There's a, well, there's a, an aspect of our relationship, which we haven't talked about yet, mm-hmm. that uh, is, is part of the unusualness of our story, mm-hmm. which was that uh, we, when Pam was a, a young teenager, Donovan and I, my my husband, her her father, adoptive father, and I were became involved with a Brazilian church mm-hmm. called the Santa Maria, which used as a sacrament a sacred tea from the Amazon jungle mm-hmm. called ayahuasca. Mm-hmm. It was it's been used for millennia by the native people in the Amazon. It is a powerful psychoactive tea which brings visions and spiritual connections and teachings and they have as i say the shamans and the people in the jungle have used this for many thousands of years and they consider it the great medicine mm-hmm. it really gets at the at the at the root of what is troubling people not just the symptoms mm-hmm. so we had become separate of course from our family we had become a little bit involved with this church because we were going to brazil on a regular basis doing the spiritual work which we were teaching at that time called the path work anyway we were involved with it and donovan my husband had a rather miraculous cure from nicotine addiction 
he had been a smoker since he was 14 and he was then 55 or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, more than 40 years, he had been addicted to cigarettes and he, he tried many times to stop and he couldn't. And with the help of the ayahuasca in a matter of, uh, almost instantaneously, the addiction was lifted from him because he had a very deep spiritual experience of his, what we might call his real self, his spiritual essence, and he was shown that that real self does not smoke. Mm-hmm. And that the, the, the intention to then align with who he really was, deeper spiritual reality, was so strong that the, the addiction was lifted from him. So we had a firsthand personal experience that this sacrament could actually alleviate an addiction. Mm-hmm. So after he tried pretty much everything you can imagine with Pam, mm-hmm. of all kinds, uh, nutritional uh, help and so on, we decided to introduce her to the sacrament. It's in Brazil. It's part of a fully legal church. It's completely, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sanctified by the government and so on. Mm-hmm. So we took Brazil gave her the sacrament. Mm-hmm. So, as you say, the connection is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Well, doing the sacrament together brought us very close. Mm-hmm. Oh, I see. Okay, it brought us very close. Mm-hmm. And for, in fact, about five months, we lived in a Santo Daime spiritual community, and did it did the. Uh, well, I think Pam and Donovan did it maybe a couple times a week. I did it less often. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, but every time you put, you're going into a, a very altered state and very vulnerable, very open. And so there you are with whoever, you, you bond very closely with the, the people you're with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I see. So then you could increase your connection through that. Yeah. That's beautiful. It, it helped. And that, and that sort of built the, you know, foundation that I had been missing before that, um, with, with my mom and, you know, my dad, mostly my mom, but, uh, and it, it created in me that ability to see my real self, uh, even though after that I can, you know, I spiraled downward pretty intensely, but, uh, it, it gave me a foundation of connection to God and a foundation of connection with my mom. And, um, it really cemented that inside of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I never lost it. I never lost it. I, there was one point years later where I almost did, and that's when I changed. Mm-hmm. I uh, when I felt that going, that's when I knew it was time to change. You, you mean the death? When I, no, when, yeah, when I felt that connection with God and with my, with my heart mm-hmm. going, um, that's when I knew it was time for me to change. Oh, oh, and that's get better and do something different. Uh, that uh, you know, my whole addiction was extremely painful and extremely difficult, and I went through stuff that you know people would normally kill themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I saw people killing themselves, mm-hmm. uh, and um, but that that there was something in me that came from the foundation of. Uh, you know, connecting with spirit through the ayahuasca, um, and it stayed with me. And I remember when I felt it leaving, and I said, oh, I can't live like this anymore. That's what made me feel like I can't live like this anymore. It wasn't sleeping under a bridge. Mm -hmm. 
it was that fear wow. of leaving that, you know, losing that connection. Wow, that's really powerful, Pam. And we are going to another break again, a short break. And um, I would love to listen from that, more from that um, in the next block. I think that it seems like a turning point for you. And I think that it's very important that people understand a little bit more of that connection. So when we come back in the next block, maybe we can start with that and go on with other things, that the beautiful things that you have to offer. So... So keep tuned. We're going to come back in two minutes with Susan and Pamela talking about their unbelievable, beautifully written book called Love Unbroken. As a Pathwork helper and a professional integral coach, Sibeli will help deepen your knowledge about yourself and support you in your journey toward self-acceptance and self-love. She does this by exploring and applying the teachings of the Pathwork Guide, a profound philosophy based on self-responsibility and truthfulness, and framing it into the broad and inspiring integral theory from Ken Wilber. Visit SibeliSalviato.com to find out more. Your first consultation is free of charge. That's C-I-B-E-L-E-S-A-L-V-I-A-T-T-O dot com. Are you ready for a health, life, and empowerment show in one? Then be sure to listen every week for Living Well with Ann Beal. Ann takes her long-running TV show to the Internet Talk Radio Airwaves with guest experts and insight designed to help you live a healthy and successful life. By hearing from the experts and those who have found success, our goal is that you too will be motivated to do the same. Living Well with Ann Beal can be heard every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. As a Pathwork helper and a professional integral coach, Sibeli will help deepen your knowledge about yourself and support you in your journey toward self-acceptance and self-love. She does this by exploring and applying the teachings of the Pathwork Guide, a profound philosophy based on self-responsibility and truthfulness, and framing it into the broad and inspiring integral theory from Ken Wilber. Visit SibeliSalviato.com to find out more. Your first consultation is free of charge. That's SibeliSalviato.com. You are listening to Sustainability from Within with Sibeli Salviato. To reach the show today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. If you'd rather send an email, Sibeli can be reached at sibelisalviato at me.com. Now, back to Sustainability from Within. And here we are back with Susan and Pamela Tezenga in our Sustainability from Within show. Um, and in this third block, uh, we're going to uh, continue our conversation. I want to ask Susan uh, about what Pam was talking about um, before. She was talking about her deep connection with spiritual, spirituality when she uh, spent some time with the Daimi community in Brazil and how this helped her to, to feel, to cement that deep down their connection. But she was also saying that after that, she spiraled, spiraled down uh, into the addiction uh, before she decided you know, that it's, it's, it was enough. So I want to hear from you, Susan. How was that for you? You know, uh, how how did you hang hang on there? You know, in your own uh, grounding and um, 
how did it happy? What happened to you and uh, your connection with what was happening? Well, my faith is very deep and has always been. However, that's not to say that there weren't terrible moments of doubt and self-doubt, like what have we done? We've done the wrong thing. Is she, you know, we damaged her more. But you have to understand that the ayahuasca was only one of the things we tried. Mm-hmm. We also had her in a very strict Catholic boarding school, mm-hmm. therapeutic boarding school, so-called, for years year and a half, which in fact was a very brutal environment and probably uh, damaged her, if anything. But we, had, we did that. We did uh, you know, conventional therapy. We did different kinds of treatments. And we had you know, with many different ways that we tried to help Pam. Uh, the, the Santo Daime was, was one of the ways. And you know, I wanted to also say that because no one approach is necessarily right what works for one addict is not necessarily what's going to work for another addict. So, you know, uh, you, you do need to try different things and see what's going to work. But the, 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 what became clear, this is, I insert this even though it's not a direct answer to your question. What became clear from all the different things that we tried is that what worked for her, and I do believe this may be more universal than I realize, is an approach that respected her that took her spirituality seriously, mm-hmm. her experience at face value, that w- did not degrade her or, con- or demean her because of her addiction. Mm-hmm. That, uh, an approach that saw her as a valuable child of God who had a disease. That, that worked. When she was punished and degraded for having this disease, that didn't work. And I think that's, that's something I learned learned from trying really such many different approaches to trying to help her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's certainly not true that my, I, I said, oh, well, you know, that didn't work. Let's try something else. I mean, I went through lots of self-doubt and lots of self-criticism and terrible feelings of having been a bad mother and I've caused this disease. And fortunately, you know, I was reminded in Al-Anon and elsewhere that you did not cause this disease, you cannot cure it, and you can't control it. Mm-hmm. Those, those are important messages for parents. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my own process became my focus, especially when she wasn't physically around me. So I did a lot of work in therapy and with my own work with the Sandradarm and with um, Al-Anon uh, went the whole gamut of what was available uh, friend, for the family of the addict to heal because only when I could heal there's that great phrase and they, they say in the airplane put your own oxygen mask on before you put the oxygen mask on of your child <laughs> mm-hmm. that has to be true with in, in working with addiction the family members have to do their own Mm-hmm. And do their own recovery before they can put, you know, offer any kind of oxygen message to their loved one. Otherwise, they're just coming out of their own sickness, needing to control, needing to. And that isn't helpful. So you have to do. And that's detailed in my advice to parents. What I'm coming up with from just from what mom's saying, uh, it what keeps coming. Is that um, I think 
everything that we that one goes through in one's life, uh, all the no matter how painful and how difficult, and you know, mom trying all these different methods of treatment for me, and oh, well, it might not have been the right one, and well, it didn't work the way we thought it would work. At the other side of all that, every single thing that they tried for me was did something for me, mm-hmm. helped me in some way. Mm-hmm. Everything. You know, so even if, you know, I, I went and t- took ayahuasca and then my addiction got worse, worse, <laughs> um, in quotes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that uh, now looking back, it's I know why it happened. I know why it seemed to get worse, because, you know, I believe that the ayahuasca helped pull all the things that needed dealing with to the front. Mm-hmm. To the surface. To the surface. So they could be dealt with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and I think it, it helped me um, get through it much quicker than I would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. You know? uh, and get through it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, um, you know, people just are addicts sometimes and they just stay addicts until they die. Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful for for what the ayahuasca did for me in my life and in, in giving me that ability to see it and and for everything I went through you know I have such gratitude now for everything every everything it served a purpose for me and it's true in everyone's life and if people can look at their lives like that you know like oh now this is oh my gosh I'm in so much pain and I'm suffering and it hurts and my heart hurts and you know um but Try and get that perspective of, you know, this is, there's a reason for this. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> and, I, and I, well, I'm hearing from a person that passed through whatever, you know, everything that you passed through and here you are very functioning in your life. So tell us a little bit about that, you know, who you are right now. Let, let me, before she says that, I just want to uh, say that I, I totally support what Pam is saying, that it really... Everything we did and life itself and the ayahuasca brought to the foreground what needed healing. And had a very deep darkness more quickly and more completely than most people ever do. It just speeded up the process. Mm-hmm. And it's similar to what the principle of homeopathy, that the first thing that happens when you uh, to start with a homeopathic remedy is that the in- symptoms intensify. Yes. Because they're brought surface and that's the only way they that's if you take that to a larger level of a spiritual level about emotional problems and so on you cannot heal what isn't available if you keep things under wraps under the mask under your persona and try to act like they're not there Mm -hmm. they will not heal the unconscious has to become conscious the negativity has to come to the surface when it does it has a chance of being resolved Mm -hmm. and in her case that's what really happened. She went all the way through what could have taken four lifetimes, in my opinion. And, and through that um, healing and clearing all that stuff out, it's, you know, it's, again, it's not just cleaning necessarily just my drug addiction. You know, this is, you know, karma and stuff from other lives mm-hmm. that, that needed, that God gave me the, you know, job of clearing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, there's, Examples of that in in my life now, for example, my um, I, I have two children now, and I'm raising both of them. And I was, um, I guess, one of the third generation to be raised by my grandparents. Mm-hmm. My so you know, and I was I've been able to break that cycle now. Mm-hmm. Oh, like, that's so beautiful. 
children. On both sides, both her mother and her father, biological mother and her biological father, were not raised by their biological parents. And they were not, their parents were not raised by their biological parents. So it's, and Pam was not raised by her biological parents. Mm -hmm. So she stopped that. That whole karmic cycle is now ended Mm -hmm. with her raising her own children. Mm -hmm. Because all that stuff was brought to the surface and I was able to clear it out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That's fantastic. (laughs) So that's that's beautiful sharing and very you know it brings hope for it brings hope for me and bring hope I think that you know, I hope that it's bringing hope to everybody that is listening to that you know so <clears throat> so is there any other or are there I, I believe that there are many other um, teachings or many other things that you have you, you both have learned through this process um, so. Maybe we can discuss that, you know, until the end of this. We don't have many much more time for that. But I would like you to bring, you know, what what would you like to share about your story that you think that still have to be shared right now? Never lose hope. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Never lose hope, mm-hmm. and accept what is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> if if this is what you're dealing with, addiction, it's what you're dealing with. You know, it's what God God has given you. There's no mistakes here. Yeah, and pain's pain's not bad. Pain pain's is not bad. Not bad. <laughs> pain is not bad. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hard one to get. <laughs> yeah, we minute, minute we have pain, we think something's wrong. Not necessarily. Pain is just maybe a very honest, open response to. Terrible things that are going on in the world, you know, in your own life, in the life of the people in Syria, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, to feel the pain of the world is a very beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. And pain, a breaking heart creates an open heart. And an open heart can change the world. Yeah. Wow, well, yeah. And that's why, I, you know, I'm very honored to have you here, you know, talking about your story helping us to be the change you want to see in the world that that's that's the you know the main thing the main goal for 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 this that we're doing here so um so it's it's very beautiful you know, it's really um amazing to to listen to your stories um now also you know we still have some some minutes before we finish i would like to um to add, Susan, you talked a little bit about Pathwork, and uh, I've been talking about Pathwork in my past shows, so mm-hmm. people know a little bit about it. And um, I want to just remind that, you know, also uh, in my, my, my honor to have you here and uh, the importance for me is that you, you took Pathwork to Brazil, and that's how my own story starts with Pathwork, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Maybe you could also add how how your Pathwork Foundation helped you go through this story, you know. Well, the I, I wrote a book called The Undefended Self, and in uh, Portuguese is Eu Sem Defesas. Mm-hmm. It's been translated into all the European languages and Chinese and Japanese. Uh, it's a it's a it's a good book for anybody interested in personal transformation. And it is a summary of the Pathwork teachings. It, I, one of the most central ideas for me is that there is only one energy current here. There is only one presence here. And what we divide into good and bad is only what the mind does. There is a, a Pathwork lecture called 
positivity and negativity, one energy current. So that if we realize that there is nothing bad here really, but what the mind calls bad, if we realize that there is only God unfolding, there is only one presence doing all of this show, then we have much more acceptance for what we otherwise would want to reject as negative and bad, which is certainly what addiction has often been called. It's Mm -hmm. a bad thing. People do bad things when they're addicts. So, no. There's nothing bad here. There's just life unfolding, coming more home to itself. And that that is a a really central concept that uh, went very deep for me in the path work. I want to say one other thing, just since you mentioned that the book in Brazil, Mm -hmm. Love Unbroken is also available in Portuguese as an under and it has a different name. It's under mm-hmm. Amazon.com.br, and it's Amor que não se which means the love that cannot be measured. Mm-hmm. So there is a. It's not available yet as a paperback, but it is available as an ebook in in Portuguese and in English so far. That's all it's mm-hmm. available now. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So I, you know, just want to thank you very much, both of you, for the time that you, you know, you you gave to us. Uh, this was just marvelous. It was beautiful to listen to the learning and the process that you have lived, and obviously the connection with what I'm calling sustainability here, uh, um, breath of hope. When we look around us and we see terrorist attacks, we see lots of environmental accidents, huge, uh, you know, uh, environment accidents in Brazil and other places in the world. And oh yes, in Mariana. Yes. yes, yes, lots of lots of suffering around, you know, and it it's difficult for us to look at that and. You know, not get mad, not get sad, not get feeling powerlessness. And, you know, through your story, it's, it's uh, amazing the hope that I myself feel. And I, you know, love that my audience would also, you know, get in touch with the, that feeling all those feelings and having in mind that nothing is wrong. <laughs> nothing is really bad. You know, this is life purpose. This is there because it was, it is our path as humanity makes things easier and maybe through that we can really um, have you know be the change that we want to see in the world and have a better wor- world for all of us so i appreciate very much your time here um i loved it and just want to, to bring again your your website it's loveunbroken.org uh, you can find more about susan and more about pam there you can also find susan's book the other book that she mentioned, and the undefended self in in English, and um, Wales and the Feathers in in Portuguese, and uh, in uh, the other book uh, in Portuguese also, Amor que não se mede, you can find in Amazon.org. Amazon.com.br. So um, I hope that you have enjoyed to be with us. <laughs> and oh, thank you very thank you much. So Thank you. Um, so I think that's it. I uh, hope you come here next week. We're going to have also some other uh, person talking about pathwork in a in a more deeper perspective what exactly pathwork is. And uh, I hope you join us next week as well. So have a wonderful week and namaste. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in to Sustainability from Within. Please join your host, Savelli Salviato, next Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until the next program, have an amazing week filled with the life you want to lead. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.